Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of, oh, it's all went to hell, and where shall we go? Wait a second, we know all these people that have lots of great stuff. Where do they get those wonderful toys? Indeed. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. Uh, this week we are doing a follow-up of our earlier apocalypse um uh, post-apocalyptic, Bureau 13, Fringeworthy, whatever, but mostly Bureau 13, because we realized after we got it done that we really hadn't talk, talked about regional teams. Now, we did a super good explanation of how to set up a regional team and a regional base. You know, these are the people that support like a, I don't know, it, it, can, it can vary, but let's say about a four-state area. These teams were uh, devised to be, you know, to cover an area and not range all over the country like the traveling team. So when there's an apocalypse of some kind, then, you know, these these bases can be enormous uh, resources for their surrounding community, any roving teams that are left and for the continued work of the bureau as it you know because you know there's an apocalypse doesn't mean there isn't supernatural to police you know i also think that uh as far as the some things we haven't mentioned is, is there would be weapon storage and modification of weapons as well as a lot of personal armor oh yeah oh no an armory no, oh, a, just a, a regional an armory, sure, but also what, whatever you would call where you put all your body armor and your modifiable body armor. Okay, yeah, I'd still count that as the armory because if you're going to store your weapons together, you store them with your armor okay. and just okay, you know, yeah, yeah, armor, yeah. just yeah. So you don't need but that. But no, I I I do like the idea of having also a weapon fabrication shop, and again, PL seven tech, you could sit there and fabricate a whole assault rifle in a place probably about the size of my apartment because the all the technology would be compressed where, okay, we need to make a gun that shoots this round, and you would probably have a firing range too, testing area. Uh, I don't know about the firing range, but go ahead. They, they at least have a tank you could fire into. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, if any, Well, if anything, also, those tanks to fire, remember, that's how they do ballistics. That's tanks. what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where you fire it in the water and you can get the, 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 the striation of the bullet, right. yeah. Ah, uh, the old CJ Majors coming back. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you would have to have a weapon and armor modification area. And again, with PL Seven Tech, it'd be a lot smaller than you think, because everything could be miniaturized and just, yeah, you know, you you know where you could um make new cartridges and fill them and you know, yeah, yeah. You would be the only place to to make new cartridges probably for a long time after the apocalypse. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So again, this is one of the reasons why I don't think that you would like let the local people know all the stuff that was in the base because they would surely want it. 
Oh no, there, there. You, you. If you had visitors in the base, you would have areas that okay, you are not cleared to be in this part of the base. What do you? Well, doing? okay, I'm just saying is that you wouldn't want to let what remained of the local government, militia, police force, whatever might be still in the area, whatever strong, you know, strong man government might rise up afterwards. You wouldn't want them to know. Well, you let you know that you have a full armory and the ability to build weapons. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, <laughs> again, this is that whole thing we talked about about the bureau still playing certain cards close yeah. to their chest. Well, it yeah. just it just depends. It, you know, if they're if you're being assaulted by demons and things like that, you know, and you need to start bringing out a whole bunch of weapons to uh, uh, to, to 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 win the day. You know, it's not the people that are still surviving at the end of it might look at you and say, You probably got a lot more than just that back where you just came from, right? And you're like, No, it's really that was all we had. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah, that's the load. It's it's it. Sorry. Or or you'd be there or you'd be there like fat bastard going, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's you know, make make your deception check. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Pass Nat twenty on that. Nat twenty on that, that bluff that, roll, you know, yeah. Definitely do a do that nat twenty on the d twenty system. Okay, all right. So yep. there, you know, and of course, uh, and do we mention the magic storage? Uh, yeah, we we mentioned the containment, but there's also going to be magic storage. Yeah, because you're going to want to have your magical weapons and items and potions and wands and staves and rods kept in a safe place, and possibly that would be your quote unquote vault. Yeah. Where okay, this is where we keep the really big guns. Yeah, well, forget these M16s with the incendiary bullets. You know, we got the staff that can you know manipulate weather. You know, I, yeah. you, you, I I think it's great that you think so big all the time like that. I personally just would go for. I'd be more interested in variety. <laughs> okay, something to cover all the things that you can't cover otherwise. I again, I I do the you know because I came up with the, the term Omega yeah. level team. Yeah. I'm a yeah team. Oh no, team team candlesticks place. It's like the JLA satellite and the Fortress of Solitude mix. The stuff that they've amassed over the years is just stupid okay. ridiculous. All right, I I need to yeah bring it down for a non Omega Ma- level. Maybe some of it needs to be moved <laughs> yeah, off whole, to Bangor, Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Take it down, Scotty. Yeah, um, just yeah the the regular non Omega team. Yeah, they might have a place where they keep, okay, we have a magic sword here, you know, we have a couple of potions, but still, they would keep their magic stuff probably separate from, it would still be part of the armory, but then this would be the one, okay, this has, <laughs> this lock, this, the armory has the one lock on the door. This is the trapped lock here. This is where we keep the really cool stuff. This is where we keep the stuff we meant to send to Banger, but hadn't got there yet. Right, right. All right. Well, okay. So uh, now, of course, you know the roving teams, you know the, co- the 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 actual investigation teams. Mostly, what they have is like the Colorado RV, which because it has you know the ability, it's basically a giant battery electrical power vehicle. Uh, you could just drive that right into the right up to a hospital that is, is the you know the only where everybody, all the refugees are going, and just run lines out from it and power the hospital from it for at least a while, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's one of the big advantages it would have. I mean, it wouldn't have a lot of advantages, you know, as far as, I mean, communication, sure. Well, you know, uh, as providing, like, you know, communication gear, supporting it, whether it be, you know, just regular CB or 
whatever, or you know, even spooky communicators or Wi-Fi. You know, I mean, you, you could you could satellite that out from the RV because that's what you're supposed to be doing with yeah. your. That's what the RV is for. It's supposed to be your base that you satellite out during your investigation. So that would also be available to whatever community you were perched in during the apocalypse. So, you know, it's so it has electrical production. It has air, air filtration. Uh, it, it can act as a communication node. Those are the primary things I saw it providing to the uh, refugees and survivors. Can you think of other things that would be in an RV? Yeah, aside from the, you know, like the self-defense weaponry on it. Yeah. Which could be useful, you know, for small, yeah. smaller engagements. The, if we're talking about post-apocalyptic or apocalyptic engagements, right. you know, it would be the smaller scale Well, it, it's, got, it's got the missile pod. Yeah. Too, okay, but, you know, with six yeah. missiles. And it's got the fifty caliber under, underneath the vehicle, you know. Uh, so yeah, there's there's some stuff. Okay, I mean the only other thing I can think of is is that that contain the bathroom, which I'm not sure you'd want to use for that. But it is it is basically the equivalent of a jail. So if you needed to jail somebody up, you know you actually do have a place in in the vehicle that would qualify as a. Well, I think the bathroom also counts as like an airlock and or decontamination unit. Yeah, well, that's what you use it for if you need yeah, to. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm just saying is it so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I'm saying that if you were to enter and leave, you know, the vehicle during the apocalypse, then you definitely wouldn't want to do that. But if push came to shove and, you, and, and it was afterwards and during the beginning of the rebuilding phase, and you had some people that said, hey, there's no law anymore, I can do whatever I please, then you you actually had a place that could contain them, considering the fact that the local police probably wouldn't exist. You know, I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, depending on how it is, you know, it's either, you're probably the only jail, because the only other uh, law enforcement option in the area is probably vigilante yeah. justice. Yeah. Well, there's there's the quick and the dead kind of, uh, policy, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it, like I said, any other resources you think the teams could provide? Well, I mean, depend for the most part, depending on the apocalypse. I mean, that RV is also a decent transport. So, if you've got to be a cur- courier, that's going to probably be your best Either option. Either to ship people into or out of an area, or mm-hmm. okay, we or need supplies. Yeah, we need to get this medicine to this town, and. Oh, okay. It was an EM nuclear attack EMP. You know, I think because the Colorado is tempest shielded. Yeah, it we didn't get shorted out. We can get this medicine to that town. Right. Yeah. Of course, they're not going to be able to provide electrical power to the community in which they're in if you're driving around in it. Well, yeah. So it's it's, it's choices have to be made. Yeah. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to decide what's the most important thing. So, but still, you know, yeah, courier slash transport, yeah, it would be something that the, the, the Colorado RVs could do. Yeah, but, you know, what I was thinking primarily was is that, you know, you, you have the, um, you know, you have the airburst, you have the, the big uh, 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 the, the electrical pulse, takes out all the, all, all the electronics, all the, um, all the generators, all that stuff. People are people are in hospitals. They're dying because none of their equipment's working. Now, maybe their equipment wouldn't work because of that pulse. All right, but maybe all they need is electricity. In which case, the RV could provide power to the you know the few people that could really use it. 
yeah. you know, the, the equipment that does work, you know, you could at least, you know, try to give them some power and see, you know, what would work and what wouldn't work and, and maybe save a few lives that way. But, uh, yeah, if they can't be stabilized on the long term, then, I, yeah, I guess you just pull the plug. But <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, that would be triage. We're just like, yeah. okay, we take care of the people that we can, the others, yeah, just... But I'm just saying is that, you know, they, they have diagnostic equipment, they have things like that, and if they weren't plugged in, they might still work, so you, you could provide them the power they need until, you know, you can find replacement generators and other things yeah. like that. It doesn't have to be forever, but I'm just saying immediately after the apocalypse, as long as it's safe to, to move around, you, you know, you'd be probably trying to get your hands on things like that. So, you know, and that's where, yeah. you know, having that regional team would be helpful because they probably would know where, you know, stockpiles of, of these kinds of things are and could send you and basically they could say, go get it before somebody else takes it. Yeah, we have this hardware store in this part of town on this street. Go in there and get the generator. Yeah, do not go yeah. to Walmart. Do not go to Home Depot. Those are going to be empty. <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to go to not your, what do they call them, your big box hardware stores. Right. Uh, well, since we're throwing around brand names, Home Depot and Lowe's, you're going to want to go to more like your little pro hardware, true value. I was actually, try to yeah, I was actually thinking some of those uh, mountain camps that have their own generators. Oh, okay. Because yeah. like when I went to uh, Africa, you know, they, they, they had power coming in off the main lines, and these big power lines coming into the area. But they said, yeah, but we have backup generators. Well, yeah, they'd have to, yeah, because just, well, because they have elephants, and we saw so we too, saw yeah. so many trees that had been pushed over by the elephants. Yeah, those power lines really don't stand a chance. <laughs> no, no, no. You think steel? It's tough. <laughs> Not to an elephant, it isn't. No. All right. So, um, okay. So, anything else? Hmm. That the Colorado RVs could supply... Well, not that. I was actually thinking just the, the, the topic. Okay, anything else that you think... Oh, the regional bases. Yeah. Um, anything that you think we haven't talked about that you would like to? Because uh, we didn't... You know, we asked that question the last time, and we ended up having to do this. So... Yeah. Uh, what, well, is there something we've forgotten? Uh, did we want to talk about some of the um, other facilities that are canon within the Bureau? Like the... like. Bedroom Eye and Farside Station and all oh, that. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, we because that was that was the stuff right, that you right. mentioned in your in, in initial. Okay, sure, about sure. It. Uh, we got forty minutes. Sure, we can do this. Right. Yeah, um, that was yeah. something I wanted to mention. Yeah, to ask you about uh, the moon base is called Bedroom Eye again. Bedroom Eye is a satellite. Okay, that that uh, basically it travels along the. Uh, the perimeter of uh, 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 you know facing the Earth, basically, yeah. it's, it's literally a couple at most a couple hundred feet above the surface of the Moon because okay. there's no air, so therefore it can travel really, really close, and it's really hard to be detected yeah. by anybody. Okay, so um, and uh, the uh, so it does that, and it, what it does is it, it it sends information back. This is before we considered the whole. Um, spooky connection, you know, it's, it was able to send information back to uh, what was called far side base, which is on the other, the, the far side of the moon. There is, there is no dark side of the moon, folks. It's, you know, it, the, the moon rotates, okay? Yeah. Always has his face toward, you know, uh, 
toward the Earth because it rotates at the same time as it's revolving around the planet. So, therefore, it's... uh, but the back side of it gets hit by sunlight quite a bit. So there is no dark side of the moon. Yeah. Uh, but there is a far side of the moon, which is what we're talking about. And there was a moon base back there, which is used primarily for uh, research, but also as a primary um, defense of Earth. Uh, yeah. It basically communicates with um, other uh, bases that are out in the solar system that are manned primarily by um, by the, the Fringeworthy. Yeah. Uh, because they can go through the Fringe Pass and get out to those various locations. We had a um, a adventure recently um, uh, that took place on Pluto, and it was all Fringeworthy people running it. But they were working for, they were essentially working for the Bureau. Yeah. It's a, you know, they were on lease to the Bureau. So they would be under Colonel Talbot's command. They then, were indeed. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Colonel Talbot, you know, uh, so you went on to the French Pass, you went up to this, uh, system platform and you went to this, this, uh, portal that was on, uh, Pluto, which they had very carefully moved inside their base under the crusty, um, uh, uh, nitrogen ice of, of Pluto. Yes. Anyways, you know, Boy, here is is that uh, so there is a there is a far side base, and uh, this has all been described uh, in a supplement that was produced by Outpost Games, which I owned, uh, and it was uh, called Aliens Among Us. Uh, ah, yes, and uh, it basically covered a whole lot of alien incursions. So uh, there was a, uh, a a far side base that. You know, was laid out there, uh, all underground, of course, except for the giant weapon platforms that uh, were designed to fire upon any invading, um, you know, spacecraft and things like that. You know, they 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 had, you know, as I I told people, is it well, you know, there's these there's these weapons that you can use in the bureau that are called the Weathermaker. That's basically a particle beam weapon. Uh, it does uh, on the what's called the narrow beam mode. It does a million points of damage per pulse, but you you know each pulse burns out the crystal, the power crystals that um, that it uses. So you have to keep changing the the uh, uh, the barrel on it, so to speak. Okay, and uh, and you get like six of them normally. All right, which uh, the the battery that comes with it can support three three shots, and then you recharge it, and you have another three shots still remaining. The ones that they ah. have in bar base, those are continuous fire. They are built super tough to be able to just fire, and so it's a million a million shot uh, uh, points of damage per action. And this is like beam, like laser beam? Yeah, it's like the classic tight. laser beam, yeah. yeah. Where you basically, it's fire and aim. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you know, versus you know pulse lasers where you you know, but anyways, that's what I said. Now, of course, you could always say it's a pulse laser, anyways. But the point was is yeah. that it could just keep going and going until someone destroyed it. And there were a bunch of these things protecting you know, from there. Now, what what supported those bases? Okay, bedroom eye, which is the satellite. Okay, and um, where they did a lot of research on there too in zero g. Um, they uh and and the far side base uh they have what's called the island which is out in the pacific uh of and that's what i was going to ask right. about yeah i remember and that and that's um uh that's one of the one of the two locations where the vindicators are set up 
Uh, one is basically in the Col uh, in the Catskill Mountains, and the other one is on that base uh, on on that thing. Uh, I'm sorry, the Pacific base, and it is essentially super sized. It's hidden. It's got all kinds of obfuscation and and uh, you know um, uh, invisibility tech keeping it is you know. Uh, keeping it from seeing, and, and essentially, it's all to protect one guy, and he he's a, what I refer to as an absolute teleporter, which means that he basically can say, I'm going to take this object, and I'm going to send it 200,115 miles and 47 feet. Bam! <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah, it's like as long as he's got clear line of sight, he can put it Exactly where he wants it. Right, exactly where he wants it. That's his, you know. His and I think the other limitation was he had to be able to lift it. Yes, he could. He and so he's like built like like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and some of these guys. So he's he could if he could lift the object, he had to be basically he was holding it, you know, even just for a couple of seconds, just long enough, because what it came down to is he had to he had to believe he could do it. Ah, see, so it was all part of. Of, of of being able to lift it and then you know being able to to, to conceptualize the absolute distance he needed to send it where exactly he needed to send it and he would do it and that's and essentially what they would be able to do then is they could they could t go and he his range was about three hundred thousand miles so he was able to put it in space in orbit around the moon. So that's how they resupplied ah. the moon. That's why you didn't see all kinds of jet contrails and stuff coming from the Earth and launches from this Pacific base. Okay, but oh, okay, but it was also like you know this was like the the the, the earthly jail. You know, it's not the same as the island that they talk about where they send the X team members. That would be putting too many eggs in one basket. That's another. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I think that's in the North Atlantic too. Anyway, yeah, I, so. I, I, I think we, uh, I always put it in the Atlantic. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but this is, you know, this is another place, and so its primary job is to essentially support the, um, the, the everything that's outside the planets. Basically, when you talk about, uh, you know, the Bureau, um, uh, you know, beam weapons that might be in orbit, or the Bureau spy satellites. Or you know whatever that's what um, you know, and then of course the moon and anything else that that's what this base is for. So you know, plus it's also a a training and and uh, a deploytation base for the Vindicators, which is a, a uh, an Omega level X team. Okay, see, this is the first I've heard of the Vindicators. I don't remember ever hearing about them before. You know, they're they're the they're, they're the specific group that is. That's supposed to go out. They were they were in um, the, the earlier supplement. Um, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, stalking the Steel City. I'm just saying. Okay, they're, they're, all right, but, all right. But all right. You know, they had the advanced combat suit. You know. Okay, I'd have know. to. I haven't looked at those. That's yeah, against you, I recognize sir. the yeah, name. I haven't looked at those in a long time. I have to look all the up material that is in the Outpost Game supplements is canon. Okay, yeah. it was oh, yeah. authorized no, by that. Richard yeah. at yeah. the time. Yeah. And now, you know, who knows what Tritac now is going to do with it, you know, because but, it does it doesn't yeah. belong to them. Okay, it belongs yeah. to me. Yeah. Um but the the fact is is that, you know, the intent was to add it to the Bureau 13 lore, so, yeah. you know. 
I have no problem with them using it, you know, other than publishing it you know, and getting the money for it. I want to get the money for it. <laughs> so, but uh, anyways, um, I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten a check, you know, uh, for that, the, that material for a long time. So I, uh, if you haven't ever heard of it, our general readers, uh, please, listeners, please check it out. I mean, uh, if you can't get it from, uh, 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 from, uh, from TriTac, uh, uh, who have it in PDF format, um, I have physical copies of all these books, and I would be glad to sell them to you for very reasonable prices. Yes. So check, uh, send an email to bsheffer at aol.com. And there you go. Yeah. We will, we will, oh, we, as, we will as, hook as, you up. As we do on my show. Plug, 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 yes, plug, plug. Yes, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, considering they came out in 1992. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a game system that's no longer supported by, uh, by, by TriTac, they're, they're now using the Zero system. As I said, I need to look through those. I have not looked through those in years, so it's right. like, yeah, that that's just time and memory more than anything. Just right. Okay. Well, anyways, <sighs> the point is, is that that's what they. That's those are two of the major things that that were that I created for the for the support of the bureau. You know, I mean, uh, uh, and and of course, you know, the regional teams would have, you know. A complete uh, catalog, and I think they also would be in the RVs. A complete catalog of all the um, the pockets, not pocket stuffs. Um, all of the uh, uh, you know the, the the small mom and pop and 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 uh, you know automated du- equipment dumps that are all over the region, you know, and even the country, so that you know that would have resources that they could go and get and maybe bring back and distribute amongst a population that's recovering. You know, because yeah. I mean, it's not. There's no point in keeping that stuff in those those uh, uh, places because they're only there to support you know the bureau, uh, uh, you know, in, in an emergency or something. You know, uh, so you might as well take that stuff and pass it around where it'll do the most. Just good. empty, empty. Find all the bolt holes and just at this point, empty, empty them out. Just, okay, right. here you go. Yeah, because you can always because a lot of them have a lot of antiquated equipment in them, anyways. So it's a, yeah. it's a really good reason to get them re- restocked with, with actually something from this century. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> a lot of them are, are are still you know 20th century or earlier tech. Oh no, no! If you see, if you go to you know the Bureau 13 OGL. And you check the list. There's stuff in there back from the 1860s. The original bolt holes you might still find. Because remember, after the massacre of 77, folks, a lot of Bureau information was either lost or intentionally destroyed to make sure the Shadow Works didn't get to it. So, yeah, you find, oh, wow, this, oh, my God, this this is, it, it, it follows Bureau recognition. Dewey defeats Truman. What the? Yeah. Oh, jeez. You know, anytime yeah. you find a a well constructed a, a building that's too well constructed out in 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 rural America, you know, and you're a bureau agent, and you have a bureau command card, it doesn't hurt to just kind of run that all over the place. Who knows? Something might actually click and open up for you. All right. Um, okay. So, any other places that we wanted to mention? Yeah, the fringe worthy. All these bases that the fringe worthy man throughout the system. Yeah, they'd be sitting there and, you know, they'd turn their sensors back to Earth, losing communication with Earth and finding out, yeah, there's either, you know, mushroom clouds uh-huh. or weird lightning or right. ley lines flaring yeah. up or, you know, yeah. Giant you know, swords demon, sticking the through the poles. The size of yeah. the moon, you know, 
you know, striding across the landscape, you know. And just, yeah, the, 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 all the fringe bases, they would be, you know, they, they would lock down their portals because they don't want to take the chance of, you know. Something coming through. Right, yeah. I mean, they got communications among themselves across, yeah. you know, you know, intra-system communications, so that's fine. But yeah, they'd lock, the first thing they do is lock down the portals. They're just like, no, no, we don't want anybody coming in here bringing that type of drama here. Just we'll we'll get the order from Colonel Talbot when the when right. Well, I mean, Colonel Talbot would be like evacuating to you know from her base. Oh yeah. Okay, off to the fringe baths too. Yeah. Probably, I don't know, but she'd certainly be sending a group down back to Earth Prime to say, "Hey, we're going to need, you know, a, 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 a you know, a, a, a huge convoy." Yeah, we're going to need of, more of uh, that high tech you got there in that world. Yeah, well, a whole convoy of food and yeah. supplies and things like that from a world that isn't in the middle of a post-apocalypse. Yeah. So you know, they that's that's also going to be probably one of the prime locations for. Um, you know, disbursement, yeah, would be these fringe would, basements wherever the fringe portal is on Earth uh, on Earth at the time. Which, um, the last I heard, uh, it was uh, north of um, Steubenville, uh, where the Monroeville Mall was, because that's where originally that's where the portal was. Because all the oh all the, the zombie zo- thing, zombies yeah, yeah. were coming. Oh, through. Monroeville Mall, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah that's that's and, a dead. Yeah, I found moved, out that's a dead and, mall now. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, they, uh, and they moved the portal north of there, though I don't remember exactly, at this point, exactly where Richard yeah. said they moved to. But anyways, wherever that is, they basically built kind of a stadium around it, a big yeah. warehouse around it, and, and okay. it's, now, it's now, in my campaign, that's where Talbot's base yeah. is. Yeah, See, so, I, I, I have her as in an undescript office at the U.N., of course, she has bureau tech, so she could teleport to any fringe portal on the planet. So, you know, could just, right. you know, have military-looking boots to teleport. It's like, oh, we have a problem. Okay, I'm going to the Lake Superior portal or to the Pennsylvania portal. I've forgotten where they Epcot. are. On, 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 uh, I want to say one was in Disney World. Yeah, Epcot, Epcot, Shore Lake Superior, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. Those are the ones I remember. Hmm. There were four in North America. And then the other four, huh. Europe and, I think, a uh, uh, Harvey, Russia. I think so. Yeah, the big blue binders yeah. at the other side of the room. So yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. So I'm just saying, is it? So I always assumed it was going to be at that location, but you know, maybe she went to New England where the it's cooler. No, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you don't really. Want, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on at Epcot. I just yeah. don't see them building. I think. I think the fringe. I mean, fringe would be getting in the way of. Of, of running a business like that, yeah, so, yeah, and also you know you gotta no watch. It's in like the 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 tunnels under Disney where you come just phase through the wall through a warp, and there's somebody taking off their Mickey Mouse head, going, "Oh, <laughs> hey, I, I'm I'm you, you know nobody saw me do this. It's okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're more concerned about the fact that they're being seen with their head off, right. than than the fact that you just did something that should be impossible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, I can see it. But that's why I, I, I figured that, you know, the area that's north of Monroeville is 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 kind of like, you know, light or uh light rural. So Oh yeah, you know, no, I oh no. Um if you remember Shannon Trish from the Bureau thirteen OGL, they uh-huh. live there. Okay. I, yeah, so I know the area and it's light rural, you know, small mountainous area, the Alleghenies there. Yeah, no it <laughs> 
No, it's funny. You know, Trish sent me a picture. Yeah, I remember the Ruralville Mall. You and Shan went to, you know, shop for the, you know, the gold-wrapped chocolate coins. You know, you can have his candy. Yeah, it's a dead mall now. I'm like, oh my god, I walked through there. Holy crap, yeah. Um, But no, it just, I would think the fringe-worthy, depending on what's going on, they would either just do a lockdown procedure, because they, or once they find out what's going on, yeah, Talbot would be like, okay, get word to Earth Prime, find out we need this and this, call Taeus, and because she's originally from Victorian Earth, worked with Earth Prime, and then made her meal ticket to be that liaison. So yeah, she'd be setting up all sorts of relief efforts. I just pulled up the uh, entry for the portals. Oh, okay. Um, the the prime prime platform plus thirteen. Yes. Um, actually, yeah. The there's four, it looks like five in North America, three within America: uh, Salem, Massachusetts, Northern Pennsylvania, Lake Superior, and Disney Epcot. One in the Australian outback. Yeah. One in London, England. One in uh, the Norman coast of France, and then one in Vancouver, Canada. Okay. Oh, so none in Russia. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But what caught my eye was the very first alternate platform is Grainfield, automated termellern farm system that farms and freeze dries a rye-like grain. Well, that would with... be perfect, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. no. And, it, and it's funny. One of the games I ran at Gen Con was Talbot's Raiders, five very ordinary bureau agents who became the first Bureau Fringeworthy team, and so they police the various worlds, and yeah, we need you to hook up the rye world and take it to the other world that has the, the it's the post-apocalyptic food riot type thing, and they set there's up... Two. Yeah, <laughs> there's they, two on that platform. Well, uh, one of them I had, and that was their first adventure, and so that was one of the games I ran at Gen Con, so, oh no, the, the whole fact that you have that rye storage, you know, uh, growth and storage world, yeah. Oh no, Talbot would be on that. It's like because you can make not just beer out of rye. I think you can make or bread. I think you can make beer. You know, you can make whiskey. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You so much. Yeah, you're not called rye whiskey for nothing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Talbot would be setting up all sorts of relief protocols, sending out feelers to both Taos and Earth Prime, saying, "Yeah, we've had this event here. We, you, yeah, just bring, bring, bring." Bring the boys. Just come on. Yeah. yeah. And it's not very far away from, you know, some major super highways. You know, uh, what the... a business 22 is there. Uh, 376 is there, which goes to 76. So I'm just saying, is it uh, a Monroeville Mall? So wherever they're at, if they, yeah. Went, oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, went north yeah. of there, you know, to someplace further north. I don't know. And they have all the... the the blue line road and the orange line road. Oh yeah, I it, it's been a while since I've been up there, but I do yeah. remember those. Yeah. See if you if you just go north of um uh three seventy six, there's a big area uh that is um that's kind of it's not empty. I mean but I'm just saying is that there's it's less um it's, it's less urban. Okay. And yeah. Oh, yeah. so you know you'd probably be able to build a pretty big warehouse out there and and, oh yeah, and and you'd have access to like all these major turnpikes and interstates and things like that to go and send stuff around, and ultimately you could get over to the Allegheny River and uh, ship yeah. stuff up and downstream, depending upon whether there aren't there are no obstructions on that. But the Allegheny goes down to Pittsburgh, so yeah, that way you know if I was to send stuff to Pittsburgh, uh, 
you know, and if it was a water travel would be a real good way. Well, to do especially it. Yeah. if they're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, because you know, yeah, because zombies yeah, can yeah. walk across the bottom of the river, but they're really bad at climbing into boats that yeah. are, you know, yeah. in, in, if the water's deep enough. So, and they yeah. uh, and the uh, Ohio is uh, you know has been maintained for many many years as a place to carry you know big uh, uh, barges up and down. Oh, no, that was a major right. trade route. That's why Ohio got statehood right. before Michigan, because the Ohio River was such a massive transit right. route. Right, for... but the point is, is that, you know, yeah. the, the, it's, it's, you, there, there are, there, there's a whole lot of not shallow areas yeah. in the, yeah. in the Ohio River. So, yeah. and of course, it goes all the way down to the Mississippi. Mississippi. And yeah. all the way down there to, uh, Gulf North, of Mexico. New Orleans. Nolans. Yeah. Nolans, Louisiana. Nolans. Yep. Yeah. And, and of course, the Gulf of Mex- uh, Mexico. So I'm just saying this is that, you know, as a place to put out a lot of supplies, to, you know, on a constant basis, it's it's well positioned for that. Yeah. OK. So, yeah. And, and you as a native would know that. Yeah. As I said, last time I was there was 04. Yeah. Well, um, I grew up yeah. there. So, yeah. Yeah. As I said. Yeah. 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 But. um. OK. Let's see. We got. Uh, so we talked about the Fringeworthy and what they could do. Yeah. And, and we talked about moon bases and. Pacific base. Pacific base. And- how well team and regional bases would factor in Bureau Thirteen continuation. We've we've discussed that at length yes. already. I, I, everything that I so, wrote down, I think we've discussed at length. Uh, well, five and six. Uh, I don't think we've really touched on those on the on the list you made really a few weeks ago. Which monsters would best benefit from an apocalypse, and would the new old slash new slash forgotten gods make an appearance? Oh, okay. Yeah, we. I don't believe we have touched on those. All right. Concerns. Okay, then uh, we. In, in I the mean, ten- number six. We could go on for a long well, time. Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we we talked about, you know, I mean, if if the apocalypse is in fact the old gods reappearing, then yeah, they would they would create areas of influence, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on, yeah. come on. The old gods making a reappearance in a world and cry. What kind of stupid idea? It's a good thing Perky Goth isn't listening. Anyways, <laughs> Maze World. Yeah. Oh, oh, um, oh, is that what Maze World? Yeah, was? that was okay. the whole point. The old gods came back to bring magic right. back to knock well, it's rational all, logic yeah, humans it's, down it, a few it, things. It's yeah. also very similar to what they did with rifts. And, and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, I, I've seen some other ones. There's a. Uh, uh, there's a play which is called the Ghost Dance, where they ghost dance uh, the, the the buffalo back, and 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 everything turns back to the way it was you know, oh, hundreds okay. of years ago. So oh, here you are, normal people. Suddenly, everything as it is as it was th- two, three, four, five hundred years ago, and uh, you're just left with everything. You know, modern modern is gone. It's just vanished. Yeah, and you just have what you have on your person and. You know, and of course, you know, and it's a good time for the 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 first people, yeah, which is what yep. the point was. You know, they finally he said he said the the son of the uh, the the head um, uh, uh, medicine man said, you know, you dad, you keep going on about it. He says, you know, he says you he says you tried it before, it it didn't work. We got it wrong. We got it right now. It will be fine. You need to stay here. <laughs> You know, it's you know, don't go home. <laughs> so, and and they they finish up. Uh, and those of you who actually like to hear this, it's a really a great story. Uh, you can find it in the Atlanta uh, Radio Theater uh, catalog. 
It's called The Ghost Dance, and you can buy a copy from them online. Just look them up, you know, Atlanta Radio Theater. And uh, they have all, you know, they have a huge selection of audio stories, fully dramatized and uh, including a lot of Cthulhu stuff. Oh, okay. So, so I would definitely recommend it to anybody. I mean, having lived here for 30 years in, in Atlanta, I have a a large library of their material. Oh, okay. Okay. But I'm just saying is, is that the uh, in various formats, including the cassette tape. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, uh, but I do recommend it for anybody um, because uh, the people that – the writers were very inspired. The, 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 they're really top-notch productions is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, and, the, and they have wonderful ideas that you could use to really do crazy stuff <laughs> with your stuff. All right. So, yeah, the old gods. Um, yeah. And, of course, they're going to fight each other. Um, you know, the aftermath of it. Has anybody uh, read uh, the uh, the novel by uh, Harry Turtledove called Between the Rivers? I've heard of the author. I've never heard of that, that particular one. one. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it, I I read it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of of you think because of Fringeworthy, but I'm not really a big fan of alternate history because I'm just not a good enough historian to know whether or not someone's oh, to- okay. totally BSing me and 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 whatever. Uh, but uh, this particular story was 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 pure fantasy, and what they did, and, and basically all the gods existed. All right, but they they were you know they. And they they ruled over city states, you know, and uh, the and there were in this particular one there were these two rivers, and the land in between was basically where all the gods lived. Okay, and so you'd go from town to town, and there would be a different patron god. And if you went to the temple, the god was there. Oh. And you could go in and make a sacrifice. You could even like ask for a boon from the god. The god might talk to you, might not. Okay. If the god didn't like you, he could grow to like, you know, Godzilla size and do things like punch, you know, punch down a building because he doesn't, doesn't like you or something like that. And it was all, the story is all about why that all passed on. Where'd all the gods go? And it's really a very good story in that regard about how to say, you know, and so, Theoretically, if you if you take that story that's there, you could say, well, this is how they all came back. You know, this is this is what, and this is how they would interact with each other. They all they all basically lived in their own little area, and they left all the other gods alone. You know, you know, very laissez faire. Um, but uh, in the area in which they ruled, they were, you know, uh, well, you know, they they they, they were absolute. And it doesn't mean that nobody, you know, that, that, that nobody inside their area ever believed in another god. That was perfectly fine. As a matter of fact, in the story, they uh, there was slavery, especially slavery of servants. And so the, the the main character, his family had a woman whose job was to basically take care of the house and such. And uh, she worshipped another god, and uh, which they just kind of ignored because that wasn't the god they worshipped in their house. But she was left alone to do her little things and such, and um, and it was perfectly fine because you know you know you, you had your favorite god that you basically committed to, but it didn't mean that you ignored all the other gods or somehow bad mouthed them behind their backs. So it was a polytheistic society. 
absolutely polytheistic and the and and the various gods had you know gave blessings that would that would give certain advantages like obviously the god of the forge would be really good if you were a blacksmith or somebody who yeah. dealt with firing pottery and things like that so those kinds of 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 trades tended to be worshipers of a particular god and because you need blacksmiths everywhere as well, and probably potters everywhere, Everywhere you would find them, even in areas that other gods held sway. Okay. So, but they, of course, everyone knew that they weren't. You know, you they, you, you you always had to show respect to the the patron god of the area. Yeah, the the one who had the home even, court advantage. Yeah, right. Even though you didn't particularly worship it, you might actually make an occasional minor sacrifice. You know, out of respect. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, so there that was a, there was a lot. Anytime you went into a new area, usually you would go to the temple and you'd make a small a small sacrifice, you know. And uh, you know, and they had lots of priests to handle the job. The god didn't worry about things like that, you know. So, but yeah, so that's it's a great book. Um, it's not very long. Uh, it's uh, I'd say it's probably around the neighborhood of two hundred pages. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's a good read for somebody who's looking for material along these lines. Okay. Uh, let's see the last one real quick. Yeah, which monsters would best benefit from an apocalypse? Okay, right off the bat, the ones that would feed on humanity in one way or another. I think vampires would be getting the short end of the stick for an apocalypse. Really. Their foods, well, usually an apocalypse involves a lot of times a lot of death. All right. And, and, and so the vampires would be like, okay, our food source just got severely limited. Right. But you don't, yeah. But you don't have to hide. You don't, there's nobody hunting you anymore. Yeah. I think I mentioned this in the last time we talked about this. It was like there was, uh, there's a show called Van Helsing, which is, that's the premise is like the Yellowstone mega volcano goes up. And it doesn't completely destroy humanity, but it's enough to effectively blot out the sun for a nuclear winter. Yeah. So all the va- yeah. vampires, yeah, so all the vampires come out of hiding, and it, it's a, it's basically a zombie movie, but instead of it being zombies, it's vampires. But yeah, and you know they're mostly intelligent, and so, but yeah, I haven't seen much of it. My wife's been watching it, and so it's like, well, yeah, they're gonna have a field day at first because yeah, they don't have to hide anymore, but. That food supply is yeah. going to dry yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you know, not not to uh, promote the uh, my book again, but um, in uh, stocking the Steel City, uh, back in the appendix, they talk about local reality sets, and this is basically a term I created to talk about how there some creatures carry their own reality with them. And so they and they are affected by that local reality rather than the reality at large that we believe in. So vampires, for example, may not, you know, things like firearms may not exist in their reality set. So you fire a bullet at a vampire, the bullet basically vanishes when it hits the vampire. The vampire's like, what was that? You know. So it's sort of a different version of what I jokingly dubbed the Playtex effect, the environmental bubble that goes around with exactly. the node. Yeah. Sort of oh, kind yeah. Of. Very okay. much so. Right. Like that. Right. You know, which... Oh, no. I told I told Fur that effect. I got... Really? <laughs> like, well, we yeah, it's already trademarked. Yeah, right. Just something... 
again, it's the George Carlin line. It's nothing official, just something yes, we kick around exactly. the office. Fun, funny, funny, yeah. funny. Um, but the uh, yeah, so and so any creature, any monster that has a local reality set may be very well immune to the very thing that's killing everybody else. So you know, if they're if they basically yeah. don't acknowledge things like radiation or um, you know or or, or things that are being produced, you know, like certain kinds of poison gases or even diseases, of course, vamp, you know, because of their nature, then they basically, they're, they're fine oh, during yeah. this, this particular type of Holocaust. Doesn't mean, and, and you're literally going to yeah. have to chase them down, grab them and cut their, cut their head off with a, you know, with, with a blessed knife in order to get rid of them or they're just, Wood stake through the heart. Well, yeah, we've seen enough movies where they bury the guy with the stake in the heart, and a hundred years later, someone goes and says, "Hey, we need to put a golf course in here. We're digging up this graveyard." And they, and they, they says, "Look, there's a stake going through this guy. This must be a root from a tree, man. That's really weird." Let's pull and they pull that thing out there, and they take the box, they throw it onto the on, and, onto the yep. onto the wagon or onto the back of the of, of the dumpster or whatever like that. And that night. Mm, <laughs> it's back. He's back. Because you didn't kill him away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That so that's that's something that you know, anything that has like an immunity to your apocalypse, any monster is is gonna be a have a huge advantage. Because you know, while while the while yeah. the you know the the local townspeople with their pitchforks and torches might want to chase after the monster if they're dropping like flies because they can't live out there right now. You know, it's it's good. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think anything that um, isn't inherently dangerous to themselves, like a a, a virus, uh, would be for humans. I think most cryptids would probably get off fairly well because all right. the humans are out of their way now. Yeah, right. Well, most diseases are species specific. Exactly. That's what I mean. Is like as long as not, it's something not that's specifically targeting I humans is the term. Yeah. Right. Zoogenic, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, the odds coming back, they might fight each other, you know, uh, especially if somebody likes a particular territory and somebody else wants it, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, it's going to be a real, um, uh, it's going to really hamper, well, again, uh, it's, it's going to hamper any, re- uh, relief efforts because, you know, uh, Gods are going to be like, no, I want you to go do this instead, you know, and go build me a temple. But we're trying to feed like all these people. Oh, you know, it says uh, they can help build the temple, you know, but where's we going to get food? I'm not, I'm not a farmer. <laughs> That's your problem. Oh, it could be bad. It could be very bad. But, you know, it's, uh, and then you're like, well, how can we get rid of this God? And people are like, are you kidding? We didn't even think this thing existed. I don't know. And then, you know, that's when the Bureau shows up. He says, well, as it turns out, <laughs> that uh, if you have this, if you, if you have a, a uh, sil- uh, you put this silver-leafed uh, uh, crown on their head, uh, they will fall asleep and, uh, and, and possibly never awaken. No, what was the meme John Ryer made about Mike Bonkowski? When a god asks you, "Are you a god?" you reply, "No, we're the ones that kill gods." Yeah. Uh, okay, that's yeah. that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that sounds yeah. very yeah. confrontational, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, John actually had a picture of his buddy Mike Bonkowski and made that meme years ago. I'd have to look yeah. for it; it's somewhere in my pictures. But yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, but no, um, the old gods... See, here's the thing. If you do the gods exist due to followers, if they were just forgotten and they came back, they still would probably, depending on the convention that you use... They would still be like, okay, I'm I'm back, yeah, but I'm, I'm man, I'm weak as heck. What the heck happened? Oh, ninety nine percent of our worshippers, yeah. you know, our potential worshippers are gone. Yeah, so it just depends on how you do gods in your campaign. Yeah, if you were doing that, they would actually have a reason to try to keep you know people alive, saying, okay, I'll yeah. keep you alive, but you got to you got to worship me now, and you're like, well, fine. And at least yeah. they got a fresh start to try and get some new followers. Yeah, exactly, because a lot of times that's the whole point. The well, a lot of times the old and forgotten gods are one and the same. You know, it's all the pre-Christian. You know, you're Norse, you're Greek, you're Egyptian, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're back. Wait, what? And, you know, depend again, depending on the apocalypse, if it was magical, that might release the gods. Or, you know, some other, depending on what type of apocalypse you're running for the campaign. Right. You know, I mean, if it caused a rift that basically opened up a time quarter back to when the gods existed, and the yeah. gods left, okay, to the time quarter, and that's why they haven't been around for the last two to 5,000 years, is because yeah. they basically made the jump. Then it'd be all yeah. It, it, that's that's a whole campaign idea in one sentence, folks. Yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it. Or, <laughs> or Maze World, as as Trav would call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, because it's always the, the question like, where did they all go? Well, maybe they time traveled, and yeah. So it's uh, you know because in Bureau Thirteen, pretty much all the gods that currently exist, they're keeping it on the down low. Yeah. So, and then you know, and they might very well go go fighting. You know, the the ones that are trying to keep it on the down low might very well go go and fight the old gods uh, or the forgotten gods because they're like you're messing up a good thing, man. You 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 know you you, you can't bring your rough rustic ways <laughs> into our you know dope you know uh, modern era. He says you, you you need to sit back and chill for a couple of decades and learn how things are done. And, uh, yeah. I, of course, then the apocalypse happens, and he goes, "Hey, remember those rustic ways you were wanting to spread again?" No, <laughs> I'm saying this is what happens afterwards. Is the, after the the, the apocalypse, oh, they yeah, show yeah. up, and the gods that are still around might try, you know, would, would probably try to, you know, keep things going as much as they could, you know, and using mm, their godly yeah. powers. And then these, like I say, these uh, not these 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 people who are totally anachronistic show gods show up and they want to do things like they used to do with the the human sacrifices and the you know and the various things like that and building the giant ziggurats and yeah you better yeah look at them going okay you know what first of all there's not a whole lot of human hearts left so that whole human yeah. sac you're gonna find a new yeah gig. Zig ziggurats <laughs> are so two thousand years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> now it's casinos yeah. oh. casinos and really big towers yeah Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying, I can see uh, they're, 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 you know, you could have a whole campaign where you're trying to mediate between the old, the old gods that are really the forgotten gods, and the old gods that were that have been undercover all this time, and uh, that could that could be a lot of fun. So yeah, just depends on what you care, what your players want to do. Um, yeah. And 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 then you have these new gods that might be popping as a result up. of the apocalypse. I yeah, am the warp yeah. god. <laughs> I am the god of the, I am Adam We're from Fallout Still missing it Oh The followers of oh, the, the children, children of Adam. Adam Right, right I gotcha I gotcha 
Yeah. I thought you, I thought you for a second there. I thought you were making a reference to Adam, which is the uh, material they use for uh, biological transfiguration in the Rapture game. Oh yeah, you know, Bioshock. No. You know, I was talking about atomism. Atom no, bomb. no, you're that's perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to us as we expanded on our post-apocalyptic Bureau 13. And um, if you have any, if you can imagine anything else we haven't covered, uh, please let us know on our Facebook pages, uh, fans of uh, Gaming on the Frontier podcast, uh, or uh, leave us a message on Podbean, or send us a note to any of our personal email accounts uh, that you can easily find us on the web. Uh, and or social media, Facebook, what have you. All three of us are right, on Facebook, right. so yeah. And we will be glad to listen to you. And um, and who knows if you have a really really good idea, we might even put you on the podcast, so you can basically lay it all out. Because we uh, we love to hear how people have taken these properties and really run with it and brought the awesome to their game. Because that's what we're all about. So and we oh, will yeah. have more for you next week, but. You have to wait. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.